0: From KQED. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, I'm Michael Krasny. Coming up next on Forum, more than 8,000 inmates could be released from state prisons ahead of schedule. It's under a plan announced Friday by Governor Gavin Newsom's office. The move comes amid a worsening outbreak at San Quentin. Then President Trump on Friday commuted the sentence of his longtime friend and political advisor Roger Stone, who had been convicted of lying to Congress and witnessed tampering. The next day, former special counsel Robert Mueller broke his silence and defended his investigation into ties between Russia and the Trump campaign. We'll discuss the Stone case and other national political news. That's next, join us. Welcome to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. Governor Newsom announced Friday that the state will release 8,000 people incarcerated in the state's prison system, including 700 in high-risk prisons like San Quentin and Folsom. The move came as Bay Area lawmakers and activists called on Governor Newsom to step in to reduce the prison population at San Quentin, where there are 1,455 active cases of coronavirus and at least nine COVID-related deaths for the latest, we turn now to Katie Wolf. Kate Wolf, excuse me. Kate Wolf is a reporter and weekend anchor for KQED News. And welcome, Kate. Good morning to you.
1: Hi. Good morning, Michael.
0: I guess the place I'd like to begin with you is just to get the picture of what we have now at San Quentin, if you would. I know, for example, that about half of the state prisons that are reporting cases are now at Quentin after the transfer of 121 prisoners from Chino. And what I'm wondering now is uh, when we're reading about the, the outbreak actually worsening, what does that mean?
1: sure so um, the outbreak has become more intense um, we are seeing that almost 50 percent of the inmate population at san quentin has tested positive um, about 1500 people have active cases um, but uh, a large number uh, have tested positive and um and these cases are you know we're seeing the numbers of people who have resolved cases increase, um, but still, you know, we're, we have that uh, 1,455 people still have these active cases and it's very worrying. And, and this is not, um, you know, there's not active and, and consistent testing happening. So we actually don't have a complete picture of how many people um, currently have active cases. But we also know that more than 200 staff members uh, have tested positive as well. So um, the outbreak really has serious legs. And 10 people have died at the prison um, or at outside hospitals from complications of COVID-19. That includes six people who were on death row and four four people who were in the general population. and we see a, a large number, almost a hundred people. Uh, not this isn't just at San Quentin, but um, dozens of people in, at, from San Quentin are being treated at um, hospitals in the area, in places like Marin County, in places like San Francisco, in Alameda County. So um, the outbreak is still uh, quite intense at San Quentin, and I, I think more deaths are expected.
0: And there's an average of about ten new hospitalizations every day, plus. You don't have really the masks, or you don't have the PPE, the sanitization, the uh, ventilation is inadequate. Uh, There's still so many ongoing problems, and it's it's still absolutely beyond the hundred percent capacity, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. So um, when the outbreak started, uh, the the prison was at about one hundred and thirty three percent of capacity, um, and. Governor Newsom last week said that you know the that uh, the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation (CDCR) is working hard to get that number to below um, 100% of capacity, uh, to about 3,100 people at the prison instead of four, over 4,000. Uh, so things are still quite overcrowded. We just heard that. Um, that the, uh, a factory at San Quentin, which normally makes furniture, has been converted into a hospital that would treat about a 200 people, um, or is being converted sort of to a field hospital. Uh, there are tents, emergency medical tents, set out on the, on the um, yard of the prison. So, um, you know, things are moving quickly there, and uh, they, they are trying to reduce that population. Um, and, you know, this new effort to, to reduce the population by 8,000 statewide uh, is is gonna make a a small dent at San Quentin, but a dent nonetheless.
0: Talking again with Kate Wolf, who is reporter and weekend anchor for KQED News. And uh, we're talking really about San Quentin, but also about the attempt, which is in the works to decompress the numbers of prisoners, not only at San Quentin, but in major penal institutions throughout the state. And let's talk about that for a moment, Kate, because Uh, Peter Chin Hong of UCSF infectious disease experts uh, compared San Quentin and some of these prisons to Chernobyl Uh, I mean and he said it need they need to cut the uh, those incarcerated by at least 50 percent but at this point what's in the works is uh, well possibly around 8,000 to be released in a rotating fashion up until August this is a release that many people are concerned about in terms of threats to public safety and threats uh, not only in terms of uh, coronavirus, but prisoners who may present a threat as far as public security is concerned. So what we're hearing is there's going to be no sexual uh, criminals with sexual violations uh, or no criminals with violent uh, offenses on their record. Uh, And the words that were used were judicial and thoughtful uh, coming out of the CDCR. How I think the public wants to know how reliable is this process going to be in terms of winnowing out those prisoners who can be released as opposed to those who perhaps should stay incarcerated?
1: Yeah, so the state has said that it will release people who are uh, who have less than 180 days left to serve on their sentence. So these are people who were already gonna be uh, released pretty soon. Um, and other also folks who have less than a year to serve on their sentence as well. Uh, they are also being considered, and as you said, you know, people who are being uh, considered are are folks who do not have a, um, a vi- have, didn't commit a violent offense, uh, didn't don't have a sexual, um, uh, you know, didn't have to register as as for having done a sexual offense, and um, and also people who don't have a domestic violence charge. So uh, you know, I I think that it's they're probably going to err on on letting less people out than more people out. They're also considering people who are over 65 and who have a um, who who might have a respiratory illness. So those people are are not likely statistically to uh, recommit, reoffend. Um, and the the third element is also people who. Um, uh sorry people who maybe did commit a violent offense but uh there's a kind of a credit earning opportunity for them to get their sentence reduced by three months so not to add a a layer of complication but um but these people are, are also you know that that would mean that more people will be able to get out um a little bit sooner something to mention though is that public health experts say that that 65 and over you know that's that's a uh Yes, those people are low risk, but but you know it should really be extended to people who are over fifty. Um, you know because these like prison ages you, especially when you've stayed in there for decades, and and these people who have served long sentences, who are older, who are medically vulnerable, which is a large percentage of people in institutions like Folsom, St. Quentin. Uh, you know these people are statistically less likely to recommit crimes. And one more thing that I'll say is that. The state uh, advocates who who are in charge of reentry, so people getting back um, into uh, society after these terms, they say that the state really needs to step up, step up to make sure that these people are housed, that they have jobs, that they are able to get emotional support, because right now those those um, are you know those resources don't re- exist for a large amount of people, um, and so it's really important to for the state to be stepping up and also providing those resources so that we don't see uh, you know, anyone who doesn't have a home, doesn't have a, a stable life and has to resort to some form of crime.
0: Now, there are big questions that loom. Uh, Assemblyman Mark Levine, for example, uh, who is over in San Rafael, uh, Near where San, well San Quentin's in Marin County, of course, no so San Rafael. But he was talking about the need to carefully evaluate each of these prisoners and to have housing support and probation services for them. But is there really a detailed blueprint for all that?
1: No, there. Really, you know, there really isn't. The CDCR uh, has said that they will be leveraging state and federal resources to uh, get people into uh, housing. But, uh, you know, these reentry homes, uh, you know, they're incentivized to pack as many people in as they can, but even they have a limit. And, and, and a lot of people don't have families that can, that have the capacity to take them in. And also, you know, there's this other layer of, of the fact that we have this pandemic happening. And, um, you know, it's hard enough for average, the average person to get a job, you know, much less someone who has the barriers of a... Uh, you know, a previous a history of incarceration and, um, and other needs. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's definitely a want by uh, people who do this work, this re-entry work, they really want to see a more solid plan uh, from the state that shows how they're going to step up and even just, tra- like, you know, provide transportation for people when they get out, because currently the state... Doesn't provide transportation for people when they get out. You know, people who are released are actually sort of, you know, left left out of the gate, and you know they're on their own. And so, uh, people are really advocating for a a lot a a lot of a, a clearer plan at least.
0: Talking about the coronavirus outbreak at San Quentin State Prison with Kate Wolf, reporter and weekend anchor with KQED News, and you are. Invited to join us. This is a half-hour segment, so if you have a question or a comment to make about what's going on with respect to the attempt to decompress the numbers in the prison or what's going on at San Quentin specifically, we do want to hear from you. You can give us a call now at our toll-free number. The number to call is 866-733-6786. That number again toll free 866-733-6786 or you can get in touch on Twitter and Facebook or at KQED Forum or email us with any questions or comments you might have to forum at KQED.org. I want to bring Emil DeWeaver into this. He's a formerly incarcerated black activist whose life sentence was commuted after 21 years by Governor Brown and Emil DeWeaver. Welcome to the program. Good to have you.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, I'd like to actually begin by asking you, I know you were out there uh, at the prison gates uh, with essentially a major uh, Save Our Lives campaign or protest, Uh, uh, over 50 people there talking about the need to reduce the numbers. What are you asking for in terms of the numbers to be reduced? Because you uh, said some very, seem to me pointed things about people in power and you want to reach the people in power. What do you want them to know?
2: Um, Well, what I want them to do is release 50% 50% of the prison population today in California. Um, you mentioned earlier that public health officials, these those people on the front line, they are asking, they're saying we need a 50% reduction in the population or people are gonna die. And at this point, not to listen to that is like not listening, is like being a climate change denier, right? You have the experts in the science that says, this is what we need to do, why aren't we doing it? What I wanna say to people in power is, um, I want you to be responsible because right now we're playing a game of logistics and we're talking about, oh, well, like how dangerous is the person and where do they have to go? And do we have reentry services? And it's like, you know what, are we talking about people's lives or not? Right. Because like, if we're talking about people's lives and this, this conversation that I'm hearing reminds me of, um, Black Lives Matters and people say Black Lives matters and then there's a group of people who say well all lives matter,"s and and like this there's, there's a lot of problematic there's a lot of, there's a lot of problems with that statement right and in the same token if we're talking about people's lives
0: well in and- fact there have been no executions in california since 2006 but as a number of people pointed out we now have executions by covid for people who are on death row so when you talk about lives uh and black lives clearly that's a very integral part of this uh i'm just wondering though About a couple of other things that uh, you've brought to attention, to public attention. You've said also that you want to end the transfers because of presumably also what happened from the Chino transfers, which was a disaster, a catastrophe. But also, you talk about collaboration between the CDRC, which by the way, we invited to participate this morning and they declined. Uh, Collaboration with ICE. Could you fill that in for us?
2: Well, so like CDCR has this policy of. they, and they don't have to, there's like no regulations, there's no law that doesn't just volunteer to do this, that when they release a person who has finished serving their term um, and they release them to society, uh, if this person ha- is like a, uh, has, uh, has has immigration issues, they'll contact ICE and not release them, basically they'll, they'll, they'll coordinate with ICE to say, we're gonna release this person on this day to this parking lot, you can be there to pick them up. Um, And so you have this rhetoric, like, you know, you have these letters from some CDCR uh, talking about how they're concerned about COVID and they're trying to do the best they can to reduce populations and save people's lives. But that doesn't jive with the practice of, oh, yeah, I'm going to release my population, but I'm going to increase another detention center's population that has the exact same problem, if not worse, right? So you're not actually, like, this comes down to the, like, are we talking about lives or not? (laughs) <laughs> right and and, and and the sad reality is we're not and that's what we have have to face. And that's what we have to like come to terms with as a society. We are not talking about lives and we are not saying these lives matter because if our house, because if, if any one of us listening to this radio broadcast, if our house was burning down with our family, the first thing that we do is we start moving our family towards safety. We do not talk logistics. We're not saying, well, where are we going to go when we get out of this burning house? And what are we going to do? And all this, I, we're just getting out, we just getting our children and getting the people we care about and getting them out of the house. That's what's happening right now in prisons they are burning down and people are going to die they're dying and are going to die and the question is will we save their lives or will we not and all of this other stuff about well you know where are we going to put them and where are we going to house them how about this how about take the eighty thousand dollars you spend incarcerating them and buy them a place to stay you could do that too Right. Yeah, we're talking to uh,
0: Emil Weaver, so- who is a formerly incarcerated black activist whose life sentence was commuted after 21 years by Governor Brown. And by the way, uh, Emil Weaver and those who are protesting are also asking for televisits because there have been uh, no visits allowed for the last three months. If you would like to join this program, again, uh, I wanted to invite you to do so either by phone. You can join us at 866 733 6786. The number again is 866 733 6786, or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at kqed forum or email any questions or comments you might have to forum at kqed.org and uh kate can you talk a little bit about the response to the governor's release announcement
1: uh sure so i i think that um something else that I'll, i'll say though quickly uh to i know emil has a um has a brother inside and so i appreciate emil your um passion and 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 i think that it's important to note that you know you have family and and also you were inside and so you know many other people who are part of your extended family who are inside so um i, I think that in terms of the response to the governor's uh announcement there are there is i think cautious uh you know some some element of relief people are are happy to hear that i think that people are um calling for it, of course, to be uh, broader, um, a, a kind of a, a larger release of more people. Um, and, you know, it's a question of whether this is going to be affecting, you know, we don't have the breakdown of how people, where people are going to be released from. So, um, you know, it, it's not, sure. we're not sure who exactly is going to, you uh, to be released, whether it's people who have in, from San Quentin who have been highly affected by this situation, or if it's people uh, in other prisons across California. Regardless, it's important to reduce the population throughout. I mean, this this release happened in part because uh, there's a lot of pressure from a federal judge, uh, Judge John Tiger, who uh, is looking over a decades-long um, uh, lawsuit about. Uh, prison health care. And John Tiger has, in, in the past few uh, hearings, he has been very emotional in pleading with the governor to release more people. Uh, and the governor, you know, has has made that action and, and made that action after visiting with John, John Tiger. They both visited a, uh, a prison in um, Vacaville. Uh, they, they spent 90 minutes there. They toured it. And uh, this was last week at the end of last week. So um, I think, regardless, there's there's also um, you know actions in the work to release more people. Um, that Judge John Tiger is uh, convening a larger a larger panel of judges to um, to order the state to release more people. So more is in the works. But I think people greeted this um, you know with with positive um, a mindset, but do want more in terms of reentry. Services to be provided and want a clearer picture of how people are going to be tested for COVID and released um, uh, and how that's going to be done safely.
0: Kate, let me go back to Emil Weaver, uh, who is also with us this segment. And Emil, I'd like to get your response to a quote from Vern Pearson, District Attorney of El Dorado County and President of the California District Attorneys Association. He said, it's concerning for the public safety and said the criteria the prison system will use to decide which inmates to release remains unclear. I'm quoting him now. We don't know what the actual impact of this is going to be. We do know that it's a high likelihood there will be significant increases in crime. Your thoughts, Emil?
2: I think that's just erroneous, incorrect, based on no amount of science. Um, but in, in one breath, he says that I don't know how they're gonna choose how to release people. And on another breath, he says, then, but crime is gonna go up. Well, if you don't know who they're gonna release, like where, where are you drawing this data set that says crime is gonna go up? Um, so like that's, the, that's just politics. That's not, that's, not, that's not science, that's not actual safety. And so the thing that I wanna talk about in response to that is one, Like, are we talking about community safety, which we're not? Are we talking about community comfort? This is the distinction between, are you unsafe or are you uncomfortable? The problem is is you're uncomfortable with the idea of letting people out of prison that you feel should be in prison. You're uncomfortable with the idea of someone who's been sentenced to like 10 years getting out in three years because of this crisis, you're uncomfortable with these things. And it's okay to be uncomfortable, and we should have a talk about that discomfort. But for you to make the price of your discomfort people's lives is the problem.
0: Let me get your response also, Emil, to a comment. Uh, This is a comment sent in by a listener named Jeffrey. I'd like to hear what you have to say to this as well. Jeffrey says, it's shameful that it took a pandemic to reduce the uniquely massive prison population of California. Governor Newsom should have attacked this on the first day of his administration. There is so much opportunity to do so, especially with the changing laws around marijuana and the insane war on drugs. And agree with that sentiment that the governor was, shall we say, a few days too late here?
2: I, I think the governor is definitely too late, but I also want to say that, like, so, like, I sympathize with the governor like the pressure is hard. The job is hard. Like for, since COVID started, courts have been shut down. Legislation was shut down for a while. It was all on his office to figure out what to do. And whatever he does, his, his opponents will hold it against him for the rest of his life. That is some mess. that is messed up, but what I would hope that I, what I would hope that the governor is recovering himself and getting grounded and getting centered to do is the right thing after all of that confusion and after all of those hard decisions, and go beyond releasing like one tenth of, uh, of 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 the called for number to release and release half of people in prison.
0: Emil, forgive me. Let me try to get a quick caller on here because we're coming up on the end of this segment. Let's hear from Mary Beth. Mary Beth, please go ahead.
1: Hi, yeah, I have two questions. One has to do with um, releasing people who are incarcerated just by dropping them into the parking lot. I've read an article recently that said that that policy has stopped and that the, uh, and that they're now. Mary Beth, we're to- gonna have
0: to cut in there. Let me get a quick response from you on that, Kate. Could you, quickly?
1: I all I'll say is uh, it's it's. Reentry groups still say they are picking people up uh, that have just been left in parking lots. So, appreciate the comment though.
0: I appreciate the call and I appreciate you, Kate Wolf, and you, Emil DeWeaver. And when we return, we're going to talk about national politics. Stay tuned.